Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I decided to cut out all meat. Now I love cooking because now it's interesting to me. Before I hated it. I'm like, I don't care about it. It's been this very amazing, interesting, fascinating chapter of my life. And I just, I love it. And I'm, I feel so much more energetic. I'm just like, I, I don't know. It just makes me feel like me. Welcome to Get Down with K-Town. I'm your host, Esther Choi. We've heard it enough, and we all know about this. We've come a really long way since Asian American representation in media has been strictly stereotypical and one-dimensional. Slowly, things are shifting. You're seeing better representation. I'd say we're fighting to stay that way. And to help us with that, and someone who's been on the forefront of this movement and living it every single day is Ellie Lee. Ellie is an insanely talented TV host, actress, and social media influencer, and honestly, one of the most hilarious girls I've ever met. <laughs> Seriously, Ellie, you're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a regular host on iHeartRadio, Hala, mm-hmm. and you've seen her on major TV networks such as VH1, MTV, E! News, you name it. She's sort of a big deal. Ellie has also appeared in several independent films and continues to act in many shows that you will see very soon, and we'll get to all of that in a minute. And Ellie and I met a while back through mutual friends. And since then, I believe we've had like a very mutual admiration towards each other. And I remember last year, we were actually talking about creating a Korean vegan cooking show. 
we created a deck and everything. Girl, I still one day want to do that with you. I think it'll be super fun. And I think I just want to like hang out with you and just like laugh my ass off. That's why. <gasps> okay, yes. I'm always available. <laughs> Ellie, I just like really love your energy. And literally, I can feel it through the screen of my phone. Mm. Like when I'm feeling blue, I look at your Instagram and watch your stuff. Mm. And you're just so good. Like uh-huh. naturally. Just so funny. Your personality really, you know, comes out and you can really feel your energy through a screen, which is very hard to do. So you just recently moved to LA to pursue your career even further. Yes. Can you talk about that? How is that? How's it been? Yes. So I moved out here to LA from Brooklyn in uh, in July. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay. You know, I've been in New York. I've grinded. I started from nothing. I come from a family of like immigrants and like we, my dad owned clothing store, kids clothing stores. And, but since I was a little girl, I like wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I like fell in love with movies. I fell in love with actors. But when I was growing up, I never saw people that looked like me on screen. So I realized, oh, this isn't something that people that look like me do. So I'm just going to bury this dream because it could probably never happen to me. And I think that as I grew up, I really started falling in love with hosting because in my mind, I was like, okay, so I can't be an actor because there's no Asians that are actors, but maybe if I become a host, I can become like close to these people and like see how they did it and like be around these people that like are living the like the lives that I want to be living. So you always had an admiration. Totally. With, oh, yeah. yeah. Film, TV, like mm-hmm. actors. Like I used to sit there and just like drool. Mm-hmm. And I used to just be like, I want to do this. Like, and I have no idea <laughs> how to do it, you know? And so I think back in 2011, when I really decided, I quit my nine to five. I was like, F this. I'm going to go for my dreams 100%. I started dog walking and auditioning like crazy. Just Li- randomly. Like yeah. kind of like, oh, no training. Oh, oh, or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I booked a small play. So I started taking acting classes and okay. I realized, whoa, this is what makes me feel. I literally, when I act, mm-hmm. I literally feel like I'm unstoppable. Like I'm like probably when you cook, mm-hmm. it's just like adrenaline to the max. And then you, and then when you're out of it, you're like this, whoa, what the hell yeah. was that? You know, that feeling, right? You feel alive. Exactly. And so I was like, I have to chase this feeling. So yes, I've been very successful on the hosting front. I, you know, I've done morning shows. I've been on E. I've been interviewed everybody and their moms. I've done all that stuff. But now I feel like this move to LA was is for me to become like the true artist and the actor that I truly feel that inside my bones I am. And I feel like I've had a lot of insecurity around it. I feel mm-hmm. like I've been really intimidated by it. I've really psyched myself out. I think just the acting industry is a mind F. Just complete, like anybody that enters this industry is insane. Okay, there's no stability. Mm-hmm. It's always up and down. Even if you get a little success, it doesn't matter because yeah. you can be straight down to zero again. Like, so scary. It's it's so scary. And there are many times <laughs> I'm like this, why in the world am I doing this? But it's like, it's it's. I'm just chasing. It's just that I have a thirst for it. I have a hunger for it. Like I know that it's part of my DNA. Like I know that I've been annoyed to have these feelings for this thing. And mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person, like I'm a, I was telling Marcy, your producer, I'm a double Aries and we're just fire and we just go <laughs> for everything and we don't stop. And like, that's the way I am. And so me moving to LA was a big move for me. You were struggling yes. with this because I remember our conversation when you were still living in New York, mm-hmm. you, were, you were still struggling with the idea of moving out here. Yes, yes. And so basically I got offered a show by E uh-huh. and they wanted me to come and shoot this pilot. So I signed, signed this contract and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is my sign. Like LA wants me. There's work for me in LA. Let's go. So me and my boyfriend of four years mm-hmm. and our dog packed up. We did a cross country road trip for 12, uh, 12 days. Mm-hmm. I landed in LA and I started 
freaking out. I mean, I started literally oh, having like gosh. a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, what am I going to do? I was like, I, I don't know how to get my dreams. Like, I, I like sure, I have, like, reps and everything like that. But the idea that I was actually in L.A. scared me so much. Mm-hmm. I broke down, and something in me told me to, like, text my friend. She's this Korean girl. I don't know if you know her. Her name is Nellie Choi, and she's like— Oh, I know Nellie yeah. Choi. She's, mm-hmm. like, really spiritual and, like, all this stuff. I text her, and I was like, I'm having a breakdown. I don't know why I'm texting you, but I feel like I just need you to tell me something. And she literally is the first person that really told me to dive into, like, self-love work— and self-worth work. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to all these podcasts and following all these like different types of women who are really diving into this thing. And I started looking into myself and I was like, whoa. I've seen that a uh-huh. lot on your yes. progression. Yes. As you moved to LA, yes. you, you it kind of shifted. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. It was like the tectonic plates, okay, <laughs> were like shifting. And basically, I, when I looked at myself, I was like, wow, I'm a mess and I have no love for myself. And this relationship I was in, I was showing up 10% and it was, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I decided in the second week I got to LA that I was going to break up this relationship and I was going to start my journey, independence, Mm self-love, self-worth. And the last six months I've been here have been the craziest, most transformative metamorphosis of my life. And I am not the same girl that came here on July 12th in Los Angeles. I am a completely different person. And and I have been broken to my knees, Esther. Mm -hmm. Like, broken to my knees, but I have learned my greatest lessons in literally the darkest times in my life where, and and I had nothing. I None of my family was here. None mm-hmm. of my close homies were here. My brother, my sister, everybody was back home in New Jersey. My boyfriend that I came here with, like the love of my life, everything was gone. And I was like, oh, I came here so that I can be stripped of everything and everybody to really find myself and get quiet and figure out me. Mm-hmm. And that's literally been my journey this entire time. And nothing career-wise, it's been crickets. But what I realize is, oh, this time is being given to me to sharpen me, to get me ready Mm -hmm. to what's to come into my career. And literally, I have cleared so much negativity in my life, relationships, bad friendships, everything. And I've created so much space now. And every day, all I do is work on myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just getting ready because I know, I know then my career is going to explode. For, I know it. For sure. I know And it. there are moments where I'm like this, is it, Ellie? Are you just playing yourself? And then I get back to, no, 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 no. Yes, baby. You are going to manifest yeah. everything you want in your life. And so this period of my life has been insane. I can't wait to see. And you just gave me the chills because it's crazy what something like a move mm. could do. Physically getting out of an, a place mm-hmm. and going to somewhere new. Yep. And you could just like strip yourself of everything yep. and become someone completely different. level up. Speaking of your next move in your career, I just want to talk to you about how it's been for you as, I guess, a Korean-American in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So, you know, know, my bread and butter has been hosting. And so when I became an on-camera host, the only person that I looked up to growing up was Suchin Pak, who was a VJ over at MTV. Oh, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, she was a Korean woman. And I remember watching her on MTV and be like, what the? hell? Is that Korean girl? She looks like me. I'm like, this is what's going on. And so when I saw her, I realized, oh, this is possible for me. Mm -hmm. Somebody that looks like me can be a host. I can do this. And so for me, when I go into rooms of hosts, I rarely see another Asian girl. It's always a Latinas. It's Mm -hmm. always biracial girls, black girls, white girls. But I never, I, it's so rare that I see another Asian girl. Okay. 
Can, can I stop you right there yeah. for a second? Because wh- why do you think that is? Why do you think Asian women maybe don't feel or yeah. I, I don't know mm. why isn't there any other I mean there the- you know look at the way we're raised we're not raised to be like oh you want to be in entertainment you know what I mean like we're raised to like have these jobs of like the very stereotypical like the doctors the lawyers like study your ass off be a pharmacist all this stuff our parents are not talking about entertainment is a thing for you like that's something that you should explore so do you think that it's literally the way we were brought up is that yeah. why? For me personally, I've never been surrounded by any Asians that were in entertainment. You know, like, yeah. I grew up in New Jersey. Like, I never saw it. And, like, I didn't know people that were in it. Never. So how can you think that's possible for you if you never see it or you never witness it or you're never around it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of upcoming Asian-American actresses and actors that are really, like, in the acting world. But still in the hosting world, there's not a lot of us. There's not—like, I yeah. seriously— there really There's isn't. None. Yeah, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to use this to my advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I tell this story, but I when I got this audition because VH1 was looking for a new host. And I walked into the room. There was a white girl going into the audition room. And there was a super cute Latina girl okay. sitting in the, in the chair, right? Mm-hmm. And I sat across from her. And I started freaking out. I'm like, why the hell would they ever choose me? I'm like, there's a white girl, pretty as Uh hell, going in there. This Latina girl, cute as a button, probably funny. She's probably going to kill it. And I literally remember texting my brother and saying, I think I'm going to leave. I don't think I deserve to be here. And he literally said to me, Nuna, which is like big older sis, he said, Nuna, you are there because you are good. He's like, you did not get there out mm-hmm. of luck. You got there because you have the skills. You stay. And so I stayed. That was the most intense audition of my life. 45 minutes. They threw everything at me. What is, what is that interview so like, they were like this. by the way? Okay, um, so you go on prompter. All right, we're going to roll a prompter. It's going to be a whole script, and you have to run with the whole thing and, like, insert your personality. Okay, so I did that. They're Wait, like, so like yeah. you you haven't even seen never what seen that, it, never okay. seen it. So, so they start like rolling. Reading. Yeah, they start rolling, right? And then they're like this. Okay, now we're gonna do a slideshow of ten celebrities in Halloween costumes, and we want <laughs> you to riff on every single celebrity. So it was to show like, do you know your celebrities? Do you know your pop culture? Wow. Then they're like this. You're on a red carpet. Claire Danes is coming up to you. Okay, what are you gonna ask her? So they want to know, do you know all the TV film? Like, are you up to all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, like literally everything that a host could do, they were throwing it at me to see if I could handle it. And I walked out of that audition being like, I freaking nailed that. I felt so good. Yeah. And, like, so the next four months I was auditioning. They were, like, like, like making me think I wasn't going to get it. I wasn't. And then finally they called me in. I met with the executive producers of the VH1's morning show. They fell in love with me. And five days later they called me and they're like, we want you for the host and we want, you, we want to put you on the morning show with Nick Lachey. And literally— that was that like was a it. very big turning moment for Hell you. Hell yeah. And also like I was an Asian girl. Asian girl. I exactly. remember seeing you like next to Nick Lachey. I mean, it could have been anyone. Could have been anyone. And there were there were celebrities that I that was going up for the VH1. I'm so proud was, that it's it was a Korean yes. American girl. Yes. And I used to like, tell them, I'm like, you guys took a chance on an Asian girl. And like they could have just been like, we want a white girl. But no, they were like, let's yeah. do this, you know? And so like it was really it was a moment for me. It was a really huge career turning point for me. And obviously you felt so proud yes. as a Korean. Yeah. Like, oh my God. My parents, like my dad, yeah. when I first, when I quit my job, he was like this, Ellie, 99.9% of people that go into the entertainment industry fail. He's like, why are you doing this? And I said, but dad, there's still that 1%. one percent. Point one percent. I on that 0.1%. And when he saw me on VH1... Since then, he has been nothing but supportive of me. Ready? Okay. 
Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You could have been a a girl that wants to make it in Korean Korean TV. Sure, sure, right? sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. obviously in Korea, everyone wants to become like a K-pop star, mm-hmm, right? That's like a thing. Mm-hmm. But you decided to do it in American media. Yeah. People used to be like, "Do you want to go to Korea?" And I'd be like, "Oh hell no! I want the toughest yeah. challenge. I'm not gonna go and like be with people that. Oh, I'm gonna do it here, and I'm gonna do it big." You know? I mean, it's it's amazing to see a Korean host interviewing like Korean K-pop stars. Yes, in American media in yes. English. Because yes. First of all, these K-pop stars don't even speak English. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can yeah. we talk about that for a second? Like yes. you and your interviews with all all of the top K-pop yeah. stars, and they've like, all gone the viral. All the interviews have gone viral. I mean, okay. Can you name a few, by okay, the way? Okay, so EXO, I've interviewed BTS twice, this uh, GOT7, uh, Stray Kids, Tiffany Young. I Everyone mean, and anyone that's like the hottest. Yeah, K-pop. the hottest would come in, and then I would interview them, and then all of them went viral. It's insane. But you know what it is? Uh, Tell me. America doesn't really understand K-pop yet. Right. They see these like pretty boys dancing around and they're not taking them seriously. They're not understanding them. I don't know. It seems like America loves Korean K-pop stars. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? So K-pop is a phenomenon. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is it is something that people can't even describe its power. Do you think it's a trend? 
it's not going away. Okay. If anything, yeah. it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's the 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 blow up of BTS has just shown the immense power of Korean pop culture and like really where K-pop is going to go. Like I'm very excited and interested to see where it's going to go. But basically the fandom is so hardcore. There is no fandom in this entire world that is like K-pop fandom. Yeah. Do you think it's uh, comparable to like NSYNC, like back in the day? Like bigger, more, yeah, more so hardcore. More talk hardcore. Talk to me about the fandom of it's K-pop. something about these K-pop stars that resonates so deeply with these girls. Like I, it's it's almost like unexplainable. And like sometimes, like I'll, like I was doing this live show once with mm-hmm. all these K-pop fans, and I was like, oh, I know, because you want their babies, and they're like, this, no, <laughs> we don't want their babies. And what it is, it's 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 almost like it's not a sexual love thing. It's like it's there's something really innocent about these K-pop stars that these kids really resonate with. And it's almost like they want to protect them. That love is just unconditional. They will literally do anything for these guys. It's crazy. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. So that's why you're saying, like, America doesn't understand it yet. What do yeah, you mean by that? Because um, I feel like America sees, like, these pretty Asian boys, and they're like, okay, this is, like, they're a confused. Tra- yeah, they're confused. <laughs> they don't really get it. They're like, okay, so do you find them attractive? Like, are they are they masculine? Like, are they feminine? You know, like, they don't really understand it. And I feel like a lot of journalists, obviously, there's a language barrier yep. and also a culture ba- a barrier. So when they're interviewing them, it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a lot of just nothingness going on. <laughs> and the boys feel, and the girls feel uncomfortable and like the host is trying to make it work and it just never works. Yeah. But if you get a Korean American who understands K-pop, also my Korean isn't that great, but I know how to speak some Korean. So I put that little Konglish yeah. in, you know, and these are my people. Like <laughs> yeah. I've looked at these people my entire life. They I feel comfortable with you. Exactly. So as soon as they sit down and like, you know, I always tell people like my skill, my skill set is basically this. Somebody comes into a room, right? They're most likely a famous person, whatever, right? I have 10 seconds, right? To figure out what their energy is? Are they hungover? Yeah. Are they tired? Are they in a bad mood? Or do yeah. they not want to be here, right? And these are like A-list yeah. celebrities. Top. And, yes. And my job is to figure out where their energy level is and look at them and go, okay, I have to substitute this much energy to meet you and lift you up so that the video content is insane. And yeah. that's my job, right? So when these K-pop stars come in, I immediately make them feel comfortable and make them feel like I'm just like their sister, you know? And we just talk. I spit some Korean in there, yeah. you know, make them laugh, make them comfortable. And then, bam, you just have a really great 15, 13, nine-minute interview. And fans have gift these interviews. There's memes. Like, it's just—and people have made YouTube videos on you on these interviews. Like, it's just insane. And I'm really grateful for it. And, like, most of my followers are K-pop fans. And, like, really, they say to me, they're like, we came for the artist, but we left loving you. And it's like, oh, thank you. You <laughs> say that you feel grateful, but I think that the, these people and the K-pop stars are actually grateful for you. Uh, Finally, there's someone that can interview these K-pop stars without being awkward in America, right? You said that Americans still don't understand Mm -hmm, mm K-pop. But so, like, how do we get them to understand K-pop? It's through these interviews. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And to show, like, these kids are super charismatic. They're very funny. They're, you know, they've been to K-pop camp, you know? (laughs) So they're very disciplined and well-mannered. They are very different from American artists. Their discipline is unlike anything else. I like that you said K-pop camp because what is K-pop camp? If you want to become a K-pop star, you have to start very young. And you— How young? Probably 11— 12, 13, Mm -hmm. 
And if a major record, uh, you know, company decides that they want to bring you on as a trainee, you basically start training like you're in boot camp, like military camp. And you typically are living at this yes. camp. You're living with these people. You're dancing for X amount of hours every day. You're singing. You're doing personality stuff. Like, you know, some members you see on variety shows and some members you don't because they really see, okay, this guy's funny. We'll put him on this show. Yeah. This guy's not that funny. We'll just keep him in the back. Or like, yeah. What are variety shows, Ellie? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Korean shows, we have a lot of variety shows where it's like host and like celebrity guests and then they do like interviews or they do fun games and like those are the kind of variety shows, but they go on to like promote their albums or their songs or whatever the hell they do. It's yeah. kind of equivalent to like American reality show, exactly. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, totally. How do mm. people figure out, okay, we're going to get this nine-year-old or mm. 11-year-old into the studio and we're going to start training them? What? A lot of the times it's like the kids being like, I want to do it and the parents being like, okay, go, do at, like 10 years old? Look at Boa. Boa's a huge K-pop singer who's been in the game forever. She's the first. Like yeah, the she's first. the first. But she's been doing it since she was like eight years old. And it's because her parents were like, yeah, go and go and do this thing. You know? Which is insane. That's I would have never let my kid go and do that. So what is it about Koreans letting their child at 10 years old? I think there's something really glitzy and glamorous about the idea of becoming a celebrity. You know, and I think that's— Especially in Korea, right? I mean, everyone wants to be a K-pop star in Korea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that's like a thing. Yeah, and every fan of K-pop wants to be a K-pop star. You know, everybody thinks it's like this amazing thing, but it's actually super hard work and a lot of sacrifice. And, like, when I interview these groups to it, I look at them like, it's hard, right? And they're like, yeah. You know, this isn't easy. The, the the road they chose is so hard. And, like, BTS is one out of a billion. Like, most groups will never reach the heights of success that they have, you know? so it's What really, is it about BTS? Girl, it is something about them. I think also— I mean, you met them. So, like, so cool, I, I, yeah. so sweet, so down-to-earth, very funny, very personable. And I think they're just really grateful for the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, collectively, just across the board— they all have really strong personalities, and there's a lot of them. So when you have a lot of guys to like, you know, of course the fandom yeah. is going to triple in size. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So going back to hosting and interviewing Korean K-pop stars, mm. do you think that also pigeonholed you into just doing all the K-pop stuff? Not that that's bad, mm-hmm. but I'm just curious. What is that like? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I'm known for. But at, when I was at iHeart, I mean, I was interviewing everybody, like everyone from rappers to mm-hmm. country singers to K-pop stars to like teeny bopper, like YouTubers, everybody came in. So mm-hmm. like me, I just look at people as people. I just look at them. I'm like, oh, you're just like me. And that's how I conduct every interview. So have you ever interviewed anyone that are Korean celebrities that are not K-pop stars? I've never interviewed Korean Koreans outside of K-pop stars. And Korean Americans, I mean, there's not a lot of us, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't interviewed a lot of them. Okay. I don't think I've interviewed any. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, are there, where are the Korean celebrities at, by the way? You know, like Steven Yoon. Yes. And yeah. like, oh, like it's so yeah. sad. I can't even name like there's five not of them many. for you. Yeah, yeah, there's not many. There's not many. Margaret Cho, I haven't mm-hmm. interviewed her. But yeah, I have never interviewed Korean American celebrities. I got to do that. So here's the interesting part. Korean K-pop stars mm. are this crazy phenomenon. What about like the Korean actors, like the other part of entertainment industry? How come that hasn't coincided together? You know, because K-pop stars are churning out pop music, you know, they're churning out universal pop music that's really, and then, you know, they got the whole thing. They got the dancing, they got the music video, they got the colorful hairs, they're wearing eyeliner, you know, it's like K-pop is like really something you can package really cutely and really just bring all over the the universe and people will really like resonate with it. Something about it. But like Korean actors, like, you know, if you watch Korean movies, a lot of it's like dark and like, you know, a lot of it is like very Korean centric. So yeah. it's not like a universal thing, but K-pop, it's like when you see the bubbly and the, and the pink and the green and yeah. just like all this stuff, that's like so much more appealing than like, you know, Korean cinema. Which was, I think, a plan, uh, like Korean government planned that. Going back to like Korean cinema, mm. and you said it's like got dark and. <sighs> I love Korean cinema. Uh, but c- there's something about Korean cinema that's so special. Yes. Right? I think you can see that in a global light now with like Parasite. Exactly. There are a lot of great films mm-hmm. like Parasite in, in Korean cinema, mm. but those haven't ever Mm-mm-mm. gone viral Mm-mm-mm. like Parasite, Mm-mm. right? Why is it now? That's a good question. I definitely think it's the movie. I think it's the director. I think it's the time that we're in as well. I think all of that helps. But also, like, I remember watching Parasite and being like, 
an American movie could never, could never do something like this. There wasn't one second of that movie where I was not invested or just so zoomed in. Just like the right. acting is incredible. Like for Koreans, I think, and in Korean cinema, like everything feels so effortless. It's like when— like, and this is my theory. It's because, like, you know, mental illness is really taboo in Korea. Like, Very. you know, there's mm-hmm. no—you don't talk about depression. That's, like, dumb. And, like, it doesn't exist and all these things. And for me, I think when you're an artist in Korea, the only way to release how you feel and everything inside is through your art. And, like, that's my theory on why I think Korean actors are so killer is because this is their only way to release everything inside of them. So when they do it, you can't take your eyes away from them. It's like they're they're in. They're, yes, they're so they in. They embody the yes, character. Yes. They are the character. They are the Forget about it. You don't even wa- feel like you're watching a movie. I mean, Parasite, it, I mean, it, yes, it is an insanely amazing movie. But I'm like thinking back to movies like Old Boy, mm. right? That movie was just as good as Parasite, oh, I yeah. feel like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like incredible. You incredible. Yeah. Like you just feel creepy all inside. Yes. But that didn't blow up the way Parasite blew up. So it's. Definitely the times that we're in. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. I think this is a really interesting time for Asian Americans in the entertainment industry. It's a very interesting time. And I think that this is only the beginning. Like, I feel like Hollywood or everybody thinks like, oh, it's just a phase. It's not a phase. It's definitely not a phase. Yeah, we are a force to be reckoned with. We are the quiet bunch, but watch us. Because when we roar, we roar loud, you know? And I really think that's this is the come up of the movement. So that's why every single person in in every player in the game, you, me, has we are, blown up. Yeah, and we are so important in the game, you know, because there's not a lot of us. So when we stand strong, we have to stand strong and really represent our people like to the T. And that's something that's really important for me. Same. Like mm-hmm. we have to come together mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's a big part of why I started this podcast as well because it's like there's no one just, just like talking about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I'm talking more on Korean culture because I'm I happen to be Korean yeah. and I lived and breathed it. I feel like it's important that we just talk about it mm-hmm. and stick together yes, and support absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Yeah, uplift each other. Like it's not a time for like people it's not competition time. It's like how can we get together and rise together? Seriously. Why are Asian Americans so competitive? Anyway. This isn't our nature, <laughs> you know? Cuz we smart, you know. You know how it be. <laughs> So Ellie, what's in it for you next? What what's your plan? What what do you want to do? I want to be a movie star. I want to make films. I want to make films that made what I felt like that made me want to be an actor. Like I want mm-hmm. people to leave like movies that I'm in thinking, feeling, crying, laughing. I don't even care if you hate it. I just want you to feel something when you leave that theater. And to me, like I've I had a lot of shame growing up saying, like, I want to be a movie star. And now I'm like this, I'm going to be a movie star, period. And, like, and I would love to be part of, like, television shows that, like, really tell an Asian American story. Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to be in that world, swimming, taking laps. Like, I really want to make art that just stays with people. You're going to represent, girl. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about your lifestyle a little bit because I do this thing where I cook for my guests. And I was excited to cook for you because, you know, you're probably the only Korean vegan that I know. Yes, 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 probably, probably. (laughs) Honestly, it's really hard to be vegan as a Korean Mm -hmm. because our food just has— Everything. Everything. Fish, pork, beef. Especially fish. Fish is everything, yeah. If you were pescatarian, like, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, vegan, like, plant-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plant-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But like, you know, I love gaktugi. Gaktugi is like a square radish and like anchovy shrimp all over it. It's like, it's it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing. Okay, so I'll tell you. So I w- became a dog rescuer in h- uh, high school and I fell in love with dogs and just like the mistreatment of dogs, like in shelters and like all this stuff. And I was volunteering every everywhere. And literally, Esther, like I would do anything. For, like, I, I've done like illegal things to like save dogs. Like I would do anything for a dog, but I was really conflicted because I'd be like, okay, I would do anything for this one animal, but then I would go home and like eat chicken. Yeah. You know, or I'd eat bacon and stuff like that. So it was like a guilt thing? Oh, yeah. A, a huge ethical thing. And for a long time, I try to, like, suppress it because I'm like, there's no way I can change the entire way of how I know how to mm-hmm. eat. And then I read this book called Eating Animals, and it changed my life. And as soon as I folded the last page, like, flipped over the last page, I was like this, I'm done with meat. And I went, no pun intended, cold turkey. That was in 2003. 13, I decided to cut out all meat, and then I cut out all dairy, and then Uh I cut out eggs, and then fish. I was like, how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do this? I love fish. I love fish. And then I was like, the way that my personality is, I'm go big or go home. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going going big. So I cut out everything. And since then, you haven't had any— No. Any. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, like, when you eat Korean food, Uh, how— so you have to make everything yourself. Yeah, so I've really learned how to make things on my own. Like now I make chapte and like kimchi jjigae and like mandu and like now, you know, the, a lot of the Korean grocery stores, they're like, they're like, okay, vegan's like a thing. Yeah. So like they'll have like vegan on like certain labels and okay. like I follow like a lot of like vegan people okay. who like love Korean food. So like I know the things to buy and like where to go and like what to get, but I've really taught myself. So like now I love cooking because now it's interesting to me. Before I hated it. I'm like, I don't care about it. But now I'm like, you kind of have to have to absolutely force yourself absolutely. So like it's been this very amazing, interesting, fascinating chapter of my life, and I just I love it, and I'm I feel so much more energetic. I'm just like I, I don't know. It just makes me feel like me, mm-hmm. and like just. I don't know. I, I, and to me, it's like now I can really like look at animals and be like, okay, I'm really doing right by you guys. You know, I'm really, I'm really doing this. I mean, it's a lifestyle. I think it's incredible, especially mm-hmm. as a Korean. It, it must be very hard, but mm-hmm. I am going to share many vegan recipes with you because, you know, a lot of my clients, especially my higher-end clients, are vegan, mm-hmm. and I do Korean food. So I had to kind of, like, learn how to make Korean vegan dishes. Right. There's this thing that I came up with. Uh, well, it's jackfruit barbecue, but I do it in, like, Korean barbecue marinade. <gasps> so it's like— and it's, it's like bulgogi, but jackfruit. Yeah, but you know, and I do like a spicy, the gochujang marinade, so oh. it tastes like spicy pork, but it's jackfruit. Holy and it's crap. really, really good. Yes. And I did it for like a, a James Beard Foundation dinner, and they were going crazy nuts over that barbecue. Wow. And I'm going to give you that recipe. Please. Yeah. Please do. I love jackfruit. It's like the one thing that tastes like, yeah. kind of, I mean. It's like the pulled chicken of I think it's more like fruit. a texture thing, which is why mm. it tastes like, it doesn't really taste like me. Right, it right. doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. It's really about the marinade. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. I made your favorite Korean dish for you, which is mandu. I love mandu. So this mandu that I made, mm. obviously plant-based, shiitake mushrooms, Ooh. tofu, chives, carrot, mm. onions, and tangmyeon, which is the vermicelli noodles. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very good. Like, I don't miss me eating these dumplings. Yes. Is it hard to find really good plant-based dumplings? Wow. Interesting question. Yes. Because I feel like it's really hard to do yeah. mandu or yeah. dumplings. Yeah. 
it's very hard to find an, a good mandu. Yeah, like a vegan one. Yeah, like that's it's true. Yeah, it's true. Okay, got it. So, but there's a lot of bad ones. Nobody knows how to do a good mandu. Like this is a good mandu. It's crispy on the outside, uh-huh. but still soft on some inside. Like, and it's not huge. It's like so. D- this mandu, obviously, I made it, and it's not crispy because. I, you it know, was crispy. I, I didn't make it like oh just god. now. Yo, you know how hungry mm, I am but, right now. Though. Oh, good. Oh my god. Mm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Hmm. Listen to those flavors of. Okay, describe it to me. Oh my god. Here's what it is. You don't even need the kangjang. Kangjang is soy sauce. The soy sauce. sauce. Sorry. You, you don't. You don't. Hmm. I like to flavor my dumplings like inside. Like mm, I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to eat it. Yes. Without yes, sauce, exactly. Because sometimes you don't have sauce, and mandu is one of those things where sometimes you're eating it on the go, and mm-hmm. you, you're eating it in the car. You mm-hmm. don't have. You can't like dip it in like soy sauce. So I like to make my mandu flavorful. You know why it's also good because I know you handmade it too. You saw me freaking folding those dumplings last Yo, night. No, honestly, this girl could have gone to Frozen at a store, but she was like, no. Nah. I thought about it. I'm in L.A. Like, mm. I literally traveled here, mm-hmm. and I made dumplings. These are so <laughs> good. These are so good. Like, you can't store by these. Like, you just you can't. can't. You can't. And it's, like, the perfect size. And I was telling you, like— it's hard to find the perfect mandu. Like, some people do it too big, like too much dough, not enough filling. Or, like, the filling isn't flavored. Or, like, it's 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 mushy. You know what I mean? Or it's all chives or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly, exactly. The, but The ratio of uh-huh. the filling mm-hmm. has to be right mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. And the outer layer, it can't be thick. I, I hate can't. a thick mandu. I, I don't like it Like, either. what is that about? I need a thin layer like this mm-hmm. so that I can get all the filling inside and I can really taste that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so good. It's good. I want to make this on my own. Yeah, it's so. It. I mean, it's not hard as long as you learn the mm, basics. Mm, it's not hard, mm, right? Mandu is one of those things that might be time consuming, mm-hmm. but also it's one of those things where you bring your family together, your friends together, yep. and you just you know sit in a big group yep, and yep, like yep. make dumplings uh-huh, together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a community driven food item. What's the prep time from beginning to the end? So it really depends mm. on how much mandu you're making. Let's mm. say you're making like mandu just for like two people or four mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. It's it's it doesn't take that long to make the filling. Mm-hmm. That's really quick. It's mm-hmm. really about the folding of the mandu, which you can make it like really basic too. It doesn't have to be. Wait, but look at pleats. this fold. I wish you guys could see this fold. It's like so well done. Like this is good, yo. My harmony told me. My harmony being mm-hmm. grandma mm-hmm. always said your mandu. Mm-hmm. Is your children. So the more beautiful you make your mandu, the more beautiful, the beautiful your children will be. Wow, I love that. So, it was, so I was like, I went crazy with the practicing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want beautiful babies. <laughs> oh, but I, I, mandu is such a community driven, mm-hmm. like such a, such a family. Like you remember making like mandu with your family, of course. right? It's like, a, it's such a beautiful way for like families to come together and like, you talk, you have fun, yeah. grandma's teaching you, mom's teaching you, you know? It's just, like, it's beautiful. It's be- And I don't like dumplings, said no one ever. Exactly, exactly. And ev- I feel like every culture has their own version of a dumpling or a mandu, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ev- like, every, every culture but has Korean it. Korean mandu is the best, you yeah? know? I mean, let's be real. 
I just ate like six. Oh, you said, I literally, ate I haven't eaten anything all day because I knew I was going to eat these and I was like, I need to be like extra empty. Oh man, I should. Oh, I feel like I should have bought you, you like 50 of them. What do you mean? I just ate, um, there's more left. I'm going to eat. I mean, those are pretty filling. Did you I'm want like, one? No. Oh. So good. And don't you like not miss this what I'm talking about. with this? You don't eat. need me with it. We do a, a veggie mandu at Makbar mm. and we do three different types of dumplings. We do uh, pork, beef and I've vegan. had your vegan one. Yeah. Yeah, so good. You know they're like more popular than my other ones. And I love that love because that. I'm just like I love hearing yeah. that. I love hearing that. Because it's it's like dude and also it's the most work, honestly, the vegan ones. Because like all the chopping of the vegetables right, and right, like, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't your vegan ramen do really well too? Oh my gosh, it's killer. So, so good. our top I seller. want that right now. Yeah. <gasps> it's your top seller. One of yeah, one of our top sellers. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's wow. like the fermented um, bean paste tonjang that mm. I use as the base of the. Oh my broth. god, it's so good! It has like an addictive quality to yeah, it. So and I, that broth, forget yeah. It. So I feel like Korean food can very easily be vegan and super delicious. Yes. It's just a matter of yeah doing it. Yeah, because like, there's not many yeah, yeah, that yeah, do yeah. it. Obviously, yeah. but like yo, let's talk in ten years because I'm sure. Half of Koreans are going to be Are we just, vegan. like, going to open a vegan Korean restaurant together? Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to do our show. We're going to do our show, which is going to be so big uh-huh. that we're going to create a store where people can come. And there's, like, pictures of us on the walls and stuff like that, you know? We pop in once I a year. I love it. Oh, yeah, my God. I can God. see it now. Yeah. I love, love it. it. Love it. But thank you. Thank you so much, so Ellie. Good. Where can our listeners find you? Yes. On Instagram, you can find me at Ellie YJ Lee. My YouTube is Ellie Lee with an extra E at the end. And I'm launching a podcast, a spirit, my spiritual awakening Yay! podcast called at Just Woke Up Podcast on Instagram. So please follow me there. And, you know, you, listen, if you follow me, you'll be inspired, okay? <laughs> you'll be inspired. Yes. But Esther, I love you. I love you. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Get Down with K-Town is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis, and me, Esther Choi. Follow me on all social media at Choi Bites. And I'd also like to thank our producer, editor, and mixer, Marcy Depina. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.